Hello, Mississippi and abroad, and welcome to Justify Your Existence, the podcast where we talk SEC through the lens of Mississippi. I am Parrish Alford, the Ole Miss beat writer for the Northeast Mississippi Daily Journal, and I'm joined today by Dalton Middleton, our Mississippi State writer. We're talking baseball and much more in the program. Dalton, how are you, man? Parrish, man, I'm all right. I'm uh, I'm still recovering from a it was kind of a, I guess, a relaxing weekend. Uh, it was a, I went and got the vaccine, my second vaccine shot on Friday at, uh, morning. So uh, I was dealing with that for most of the weekend. So I'm just still kind of recovering and uh, getting back to normal after that. So double vaxxed now, man. Uh, how did you respond to the second shot? I had had a lot of fatigue. I know some people who had it a lot worse. Uh, what uh, What'd you get? Yeah, that was basically it. My, of course, my arm was sore. Uh, for a while on on Saturday, and then Saturday, most of the day, I was pretty fatigued. But uh, I think once it got down to about Saturday night, Sunday morning, I was I was, you know, getting back to normal. Um, wasn't too bad really. I didn't have any other symptoms though, so I'm thankful for that. Yeah, sounds like you just lost a little zip on the fastball. Is that right? A little arm soreness. Just about yeah. Had some stiffness. Mm-hmm. You know, stiffness uh, that kept Gunnar Hoagland out of the uh, out of the LSU series. Uh, so that was uh, one more. Uh, notable injury that Ole Miss had to deal with. We'll see uh, what that means moving ahead for the Rebels, who uh, are at home against South Carolina this week. We'll talk about State and Vanderbilt. Uh, Folks, before we get too much deeper in the program, we want to thank our partners, the Oxford Park Commission. Registration continues for summer day camp. That's online at OxfordParkCommission.com or in person by visiting the Coach Howell Activity Center Camp serves ages 5 to 13, cost is $300 per camper per session. Sessions will run June 1 to 25 and July 5 to 30. Drop-off each day begins at 7.30. Children must be picked up by 5.30. Games, arts and crafts, swimming, outdoor activities, and more for all the campers each day uh, with the Oxford Park Commission. OPC is also looking for lifeguards For the city pool, the season starts Memorial Day weekend and runs through Labor Day. Candidates must be at least 16 and have a current lifeguard certification. Contact Aquatics Director Jamie Chandler if you have questions. That's J-A-M-I-E at OxfordParkCommission.com or just apply online at OxfordMS.net. Dalton, I, I got to the gym Monday morning, and, and I had a state fan come up to me, and he was almost giddy because the Bulldogs didn't get swept at Vanderbilt because they won one game. And I know in the grand scheme of things, uh, the SEC standings and and uh, regional host goals and, and more, you know, it's all about the wins and losses. You want to make sure you don't get swept. But did, do you think uh, in and around the program that not getting swept at Vanderbilt, was that considered a win for Mississippi State? Yeah, I think so. I wrote a column uh, last week or the week before or something when I said that, that State needed to win three out of the six games against Ole Miss and Vanderbilt, and they did that. Um, and that, that puts them in good shape. You know, I think they're two games back in the SEC West right now. Um, and I think, they're, I think they're both two games back in – the SEC West and to Vandy in the East now. Um, and they're the last four series for state are very, very winnable series. You know, the toughest one, South Carolina, of course. Um, but they have Texas A&M, South Carolina, Missouri, and Alabama. 
when you look at that, you know, the way State's played this year, State has beat and or swept the teams that they need to be beating and sweeping. And so it's possible that State can finish this, uh, you know, finish this last four-game series on like a 9-3, and 10-2, and two, um, you know, finish. But, I mean, who knows if they win 10 games? You know, it's baseball, stuff happens. But, yeah, just getting one from Vanderbilt and not getting swept for the second time this season like they did against Arkansas – was uh, really good for State and keeps them um, right there in that super regional host spot, um, you know, keeps them as a national seed right now. And I, I, I do think that was a win. Of course, you know, of course they would have liked to win the second one and they were uh, on the – they could have on Sunday, but uh, it just didn't happen. And then, you know, winning one was the – was I feel like was the mission going to Vandy and playing against those arms and everything. And now now State just has to do a pretty good job of avoiding Vandy in the postseason. Yeah. You know, uh, I just haven't seen a team so far, uh, Dalton, that just seems to be running away with this thing. Um, even Vanderbilt. You know, you think Vanderbilt and you think about that pitching, and uh, it, it seems like, uh, like they should be farther ahead – of the league than they are. And uh, they're leading the, uh, the East division. But like you said, state's just two back of them. Uh, Tennessee's a game back. Uh, Vanderbilt is, you know, they're, they're gettable. People aren't winning series against them, but they're knocking them off here or there. They're not just um, way out in front and, and running away with this thing. And, you know, I, I look at Ole Miss right now, and while they have lost four straight series, they're still at 10 and 8 uh, in the league uh, by virtue of those two sweeps to, uh, to open up the season uh, against uh, Auburn and Alabama. It doesn't feel like a 10 and 8 team right now. You, you don't look at that and think, man, this team's just, uh, they're just, they're just one, one back of second place. It just doesn't feel that way. They've got to uh, correct some things moving ahead, but they do at least have the benefit of, of going into uh, this off week right now uh, with a a good feeling, with a comeback win against LSU in, the, in that third game, and and that just feels a lot different than, than being swept. Doesn't mask everything. Doesn't mask the fact that uh, Ole Miss was really just looked listless and uh, with without energy uh, for seven innings in that game. They came alive there uh, in the eighth with five runs but they at least get to carry that into the off week. But I'm looking, I look around the SEC, Dalton, and, and I see uh, a Vanderbilt team that, look, isn't running away with it, although the perception might be that they are. Uh, I, I thought Florida was talented but kind of sketchy on offense. I think, you know, State uh, pitches really well, but uh, they can be sketchy on offense. Even Arkansas I thought was solid in all phases, and I know – you saw Arkansas on a really good weekend, and we've talked about that. But they just look like a team that uh, was just really good, but but not overwhelming, not outstanding. I, you know, Ole Miss had chances to win all three games against Arkansas, and, and won just uh, just one time. What's uh, what's your take on on what we're seeing around the conference so far? Yeah, I kind of I agree with you with with Arkansas for sure, um, and that. They're a really, really good team, but, you know, they don't have themselves a Jack Leiter or Kumar Rocker on the mound that kind of 
you know, leads that thing. They, they are just a good team that is winning games and they are beatable. You know, um, when they played at state, they, uh, they had the best weekend they played the entire year. You know, I've been watching them here and there and, uh, it just, I think they swept, sweep anybody that weekend. That's just the way they were playing. And Vanderbilt, of course, on the other side is 13 and five as well. And, uh, they, uh, are really, really good, but Kumar Rocker and Jack Leiter are looking more and more human each week, it seems like. Um, you know, I think what Kumar and Jack in the last three weeks have suffered three losses come together, I think, uh, or whenever they were pitching, I think Kumar lost the game. And then last week, um, not this weekend against State, but against Tennessee, Jack Leiter got hit around a little bit. And then, of course, this Saturday, um, State beat Jack Leiter for the first time this year. Um, and so you're starting to see a little more – human out of those guys and I don't know if that's um maybe some arm fatigue from them throwing 100 120 pitches every single week or what that is but yeah I kind of agree it, it seems like you know those those two teams that are up there may easily run away with it from here on out but up to this point they aren't you know because state was swept by Arkansas and lost the series to Vanderbilt and they're still only two games back of first place in the west and that's just because Arkansas, you know, while they're not losing series, is dropping a game every weekend. It seems, you know, besides State, um, you know, they've dropped a weekend, dropped dropped a game every weekend. So um, it definitely seems like nobody's running away with it. And these last four weeks are going to be uh, fun to watch. Just and uh, you know, I don't know if State ends up making a run for this first place or not, but uh, they have the schedule to do that if they can, because uh, they uh, the rest of the way is a lot easier for State than what they've done so far. Well, Ole Miss is at home this weekend against South Carolina, and, you know, that that's a team that has made a surge, but nobody really has made a surge like Tennessee. I, I, we knew that that program was improving, but uh, they're sitting at 32-9 and nine right now. They're 12-6 and six in the league, just a game back of, uh, of Vanderbilt uh, over in the East Division. And uh, I saw, of course, Tennessee rose to uh, number four in the uh, rankings when uh, – uh, the latest uh, release of the D1Baseball.com Top 25 this week. Finally, uh, I thought Ole Miss's ranking kind of uh, exemplified where this team is right now. They they dropped pretty far. I mean, they went from uh, 12 to 19. Uh, I thought uh, D1Baseball.com had, had really stayed with the Rebels uh, a good bit there through some hard times. I look at Ole Miss, uh, uh, Dalton, and it seems like at the beginning, uh, right after the uh, Tim Elko injury, they were they, they were able to mask that for a little bit, and they've had so many uh, injuries, and and for a while they were able to absorb those injuries and continue to play well. And um, I wonder if that's just not catching up with them right now. You, we're starting to see, of course, if if you look just at the number of hits, they're they're okay. Uh, they hit 285 in the state series, and you know they they didn't hit quite as well against LSU until until late in the third game. Um, but they're just not hitting with runners on base, and that's what Elko was doing as the uh, SEC RBIs leader. And it just seems like that injury is starting to catch up with them a little bit. Now all of a sudden, you don't really know. Uh, what Gunnar Hoagland's situation is. We'll hear more on that uh, later in the week. But that's that's something else that would be a big blow. And, and again, one that I don't think they could uh, absorb easily. 
maybe where the Rebels were uh, an illusion there with all the injuries. Maybe that's starting to catch up with them. I look back, uh, you know, on this team when it was healthy, and uh, you hate to see, you hate to say the team peaks on opening weekend, but they played really well out in Texas and won three games. And those teams, Texas, Texas Tech, TCU, they're continuing to win. You know, they are still winning at a high level. Those were good teams that uh, that Ole Miss and, and, and State also defeated out there. Who did State lose to? They lost one game that weekend. Lost to TCU out there. Yeah. Yeah, those are good teams. They're continuing to win, and, and that was at a time when uh, Ole Miss was healthy. So we'll see. The Rebels need to uh, – Make a turn, get uh, get some things together. They they're hitting also a, a, not an easy stretch. I don't think anything is really easy in the conference, but uh, they're hitting a stretch where they they ought to be able to compete. Uh, South Carolina at home is not going to be uh, easy, but uh, then they have Texas A and M after that. And you know, look, uh, it's time for the Rebels to start winning some series. Uh, after Carolina, A and M's five and thirteen in the league right now, and uh, so many people have talked about, uh, you know, Ole Miss and, and super regional national seed and all that regional host. Look, this team's got to uh, get some things done to just get in the tournament and, and then see if it can maybe get uh, healthier. And, you know, not that uh, I don't expect Elko to come back. I know Mike Bianco left open that uh, that possibility uh, that, that he may come back and hit right when that injury occurred. I think that's that's a long shot, and you know what can you get out of him if he does come back? He's been away from so long; you, you lose timing and and all that. But uh, they've got to get better. Uh, look in the bullpen; they've got to get better with runners on base, and at least they showed uh, a glimpse, showed a little bit of life. I thought in the bullpen when they closed that game uh, against LSU. The last three guys, uh, and particularly freshman Jack Doherty going three and a third with just uh, one run allowed, uh, they need somebody to step up in the bullpen. Maybe that's him. Maybe that's somebody else. But, you know, for the first time, I thought uh, Mike Bianco, first time in a long time, really executed his pitching plan where he got that middle relief and then was able to get it to Broadway, and Broadway pitched well. It's been a while since we've seen that uh, that plan executed uh, at Ole Miss. So uh, big weekend uh, for the Rebels coming up. Health-wise, look, uh, Ole Miss has dealt with these injuries. Uh, Dalton, what's what does State look like in terms of health as we kind of uh, head down the second half? Yeah, well, first I want to say something about the Ole Miss situation over there. And you, you said that they're ranked 19th now and that, that you seem, you think that was more uh, more in reality than what they've been right the last few weeks. And I'll tell you what, man, if, uh, you know, Ole Miss usually starts playing well, but the SEC tournament every year, it seems like. And if Ole Miss is a two seed or a three seed in somebody's regional by the end of this year and Gunnar Hoagland's say, uh, healthy, that is a scary two or three seed right there because that team is a, can be really, really good when they're playing well. Um, you know, that's why they were ranked number one at one point in the season and stuff. Um, and we're, you know, have beaten so many top 10 teams and uh, like to like the opening weekend that you mentioned. Um, but health wise for state, um, everybody's good. You know, it, they're they're having many uh, health issues that they're making public or that are noticeable at all the uh, 
all the prominent players, the ones that are getting weekend to uh, stuff, that everyone's healthy. Um, the only one that isn't is uh, that we we don't know if he's healthy or not is Brandon Smith. Um, he missed this weekend's uh, series against Vanderbilt. Lamonis said that he was uh, at home studying in his press conference this weekend, uh, and uh, but the uh, the Twitter verse seems to think that he's got some shoulder soreness going on. But you know, you don't know how much you can how much trust you can put into these anonymous sources on Twitter. Uh, you know, these guys that don't even put their own faces on their Twitter accounts. So just be like, maybe he was studying about fan. shoulder soreness. Yeah. Maybe he was reading. Yeah. Up maybe so. Yeah. yeah. It's just, well, you know, whoever bulldog fan seven, seven, eight, three, six, four, zero, whatever is says he's got shoulder soreness. So who knows what's going on there? But, uh, uh, that's really the only, it. everything else they're, they're healthy. You know, they're, they're good to go the last four weeks. You know, um, they've kept the arms while the, while the starting pitchers and cloud, Bender pitched great this weekend, but McLeod and Fristo haven't looked great the last few weeks. You know, they're still fully healthy. You know, they're throwing, you know, usually at max about 85 pitches a game, you know, five innings, 85 pitches or so, and um, keeping their arms fresh, keeping those guys in the bullpen. You know, you've got, you've got about 20 guys you can throw out there on a given weekend, you know. Like this weekend, you uh, you save some arms. You, you kind of limit the Brandon Smith missing uh, this weekend with – Stone Simmons, who hasn't pitched uh, fantastic all year, you know, he had his best outing of the season and throws, you know, over three innings in that Friday game. And, you know, every, it seems like every single weekend they find somebody else that can go three or four innings in the weekend. It's like, well, that adds another little layer up to this team than in, in the postseason they might need. So. You mentioned uh, the starting pitching for state. I, I did think in the Ole Miss series that, that it was, that it was gettable. Uh, of course, I, I know, uh, Bednar's pitched a lot better than I saw him pitch in game two uh, in that series. But the bullpen was uh, everything I thought that it was made out to be in that series and really helped help State win those two games that it did win. Talk about Landon Sims a little bit, man. What what makes him uh, so effective in that closer role? Yeah, I just think it's the energy he brings out there. You know, he's he's kind of got that perfect energy for a closer. He's he's extremely, you know, up and giddy at all times. He goes out there and, uh, you know, so like the other day, he goes out there in a seven-one lead. He takes the mound with two guys on base in the seventh, and uh, he allows two back-to-back singles. And you know, all of a sudden it's or maybe it's three back-to-back singles or something like that. And all of a sudden it's seven to four. He just told everybody, he was like, you know, calm down. We got this. We're good. We're good. He keeps everybody calm. And it's just that plus just the skills he has, you know, just the, the he's throwing 96 up there with that fastball and he's got a, a really nice breaking pitch. Um, and it just works, you know, in every, every game I'm like, you know, it, does it only work for one inning? But then like this past weekend against Vanderbilt, he throws three innings, you know, and it's just, uh, Obviously, he's got the talent to throw much more than one inning, or he could possibly be a different role in that uh, there. But yeah, that closer role is—I uh, think it was made for players like him because he just comes in and keeps—he calms everyone down. He gets the you know the the fans excited and just gets in there and just really just throws straight heat past everybody, and uh, for the most part with a few breaking pitches. But yeah, you know, I don't. I don't know what what you really need to do to be a closer or what kind of mentality you need to be that closer, but it just seems with how excited he is and how jumpy and, 
you know, how pumped up he always is while also keeping everybody down, you know, calm down. It just – it kind of seems like it works out perfect for them. Well, you know, I think the big arm is important. The power, man, if you can get up to 96 on the gun, that's great. I think that's especially effective late in the game uh, when when the opposing batters, you, you know, they yeah, there's a little fatigue that sets in. They, they've been on the field for uh, – three hours or, or, or goodness in these SEC games, maybe closer to four hours. It's hard to catch up with, uh, with 96 at, uh, at that point in the game. At the end of the day, man, you still have to control that 96. You have to throw it not in the strike zone. You have to throw it at the edge of the strike zone. You've got to be able to place that ball with, within pinpoint spots uh, within the zone. And I think, that's part of the problem that we've seen of late with the Ole Miss bullpen. Uh, so much was made of that game three against Arkansas when they lost 18 to 14, uh, when they had 17 walks. Uh, we're talking about all pitchers, not just uh, the relievers that day, but 17 walks, two hit batters. Uh, so much was made about throwing strikes, and they've done a better job of that, but to the point that uh, in some instances – uh, the strikes have been too good. You can't throw strikes. You can't throw fat strikes down there in the middle of the plate, and you know that's that's when you that's when you get beat up. And uh, look, I, I think uh, that's Jack Doherty's done a better job of that in his three appearances of uh, of placement and throwing strikes and, and getting people out, but you know throwing strikes that that are not too good. And look, so Landon Sims, that MSU bullpen, they've got to do that uh, as well. Um, Offensively, can can state um, put together enough hits? Can they score enough runs? Can they be consistent enough to go deep in the postseason? Obviously, uh, the pitching and defense look like they're going to be there. Yeah, that, that, I think that's the question that's surrounding everything. Because uh, you know, you saw this weekend where they got a couple hits off Kumar early in the game, where Rowdy Jordan got a couple hits off Kumar early in the game, but then the rest of the offense just stunk on Friday night and then Saturday the whole team comes out hitting against Jack Leiter and uh played really well and hit really well and then Sunday you know uh State comes out scores four runs in the first two innings and then all of a sudden gets I think like two or three hits maybe 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 only one hit the rest of the entire game so you know that's a good question um they have improved definitely since the uh since early in the season and the Ole Miss series outside of that Saturday game against Nikhazy when he had his great game, um, the offense looked much better and seemed to get those clutch hits whenever they needed to. But this weekend, I don't know if it was just, you know, Kumar Rocker and uh, the Nick Maldonado kid for Vandy uh, coming out of the bullpen or whatnot, but uh, I don't know if it was just the, the, the strength of the pitchers or the weakness of the hitters, um, but State did not hit very well this weekend for, as a whole. Um, so we're going to see what they do. You know, if they come out against Texas A&M this weekend um, and just start hitting the ball over the park like they kind of did in, uh, against Auburn and, and in two of those games against Ole Miss, you know, uh, it's very possible that this team can start putting together. It's just it's, – it's very inconsistent hitting because, uh, you know, you, you think of guys like Tanner Allen, Rowdy Jordan, Cameron James, who are always kind of doing their thing at the top, all hitting around 300 or so. But then – you'll have somebody at the bottom of the lineup like Braylon Skinner or Scotty DeBrule or something who 
you know, may get three hits or may go two for two with a hit, and then all of a sudden does get a hit for five straight games. Um, and it just kind of seems like State has a couple of guys who are very consistent hitters, and then everyone else is kind of has one good game, and then they just destroy midweek pitching in the meantime. <laughs> Folks, that'll wrap us up for this edition of Justify Your Existence, the podcast that talks SEC through the lens of Mississippi. You can check out our work at djournal.com. Find that drop-down menu on the left. Scroll down to the Ole Miss and Mississippi State pages and watch the stories flow. We're on Facebook as well. Ole Miss discussion with Parrish Alford, Mississippi State discussion with Dalton Middleton. Lots of good things in those groups. Thanks for being with us, folks. Come back and join us tomorrow.